welcome to the sermon webcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on Sunday, November 18th, 2018, on the basis of 2 Kings 5, verses 14 through 27. $1.6 billion. Does that ring a bell? This was the highest jackpot for the lottery not too long ago. And it made U.S. history as the largest. <laughs> Quite the exciting experience. But just like any other lottery experience for the participant, it's an experience of anticipation and displeasure. Thinking you're getting close, but maybe you just cash in maybe a buck or two. For some, it's fun and games. For others, it's business. It's serious. They do all the research, they craft all the formulas, craft all the rituals, and all for what? Just maybe, just maybe if I win, I'll, I'll have everything. I'll finally be happy. Really? Even with studies proving otherwise, will this really set your life Will this treasure really set you for life? There's a spiritual dilemma at play here. This treasure, is it going to last? Will it take care of me? You'll end up seeking something more, even if it's money or not. Whether it be money or not, you'll always seek something more. Enough will never be enough. In today's sermon, we see someone who seeks something more and even cashes more than he anticipated. But he trades one treasure for another. And not just another treasure, but the treasure, the Lord, and his free grace and peace. Today, we'll see where Gehazi's and Naaman's hearts, their treasure, where it was at, and how they will show themselves and manifest. Treasure the Lord, the true treasure. The Lord satisfies a heart and want. The Lord creates a generous heart. Entering the scene of our text today, we meet Naaman, an Aramean pagan who worshipped false gods, esteemed commander of the Aramean army, who earlier in this chapter had fought against Israel, and he captured an Israelite servant girl. However, he also had leprosy. And catching word of this, the Israelite servant girl directed Naaman to Elisha, the prophet, the man of God. So Naaman, with his attendants, went to meet Elisha. But Elisha sent a messenger with instructions, instructions to go wash in the dirty waters of the Jordan River seven times. Naaman was outraged at this, flew into a proud rage, and dissatisfied with Elisha, who wouldn't come himself to Naaman, who wouldn't come himself and work his magic, and poof, he'd be healed. Naaman was going to leave, but his servants convinced him otherwise. So, a dissatisfied Naaman dipped himself in the Jordan River seven times. And his flesh, his leprous flesh, was restored and healed. Amazing. 
So he then goes back with his attendants to Elisha and publicly confessed, Now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. Wow. With such a confession, we see a pagan man, a pagan man who thought the gods of Syria the best, but now declared that there is no other God except in Israel, the Lord. Then he goes on. He eagerly urged Elisha to take a gift from him, pretty much, pretty much shoving it in his chest, kind of like what happened here. Elisha's kind of fumbling with this. But Elisha refuses, strongly refuses, by saying, As surely as the Lord lives, whom I serve, I will not accept a thing. I will not accept a thing. Why did Elisha refuse Naaman's gift? Wasn't this rude? No. Far from it. This was actually for the benefit of Naaman and his attendants. Remember, they came from a pagan background. During this time, it was normal for the pagan to give a payment or offering of gratitude to the gods. Now, this wasn't necessarily what Naaman was getting at with his gift, but remember who's present and their background. Elisha wanted to emphasize to everyone there that this miracle was a free gift from the Lord. Free gift from the Lord out of his grace. Completely the Lord's doing, completely done out of grace. And <laughs> the Lord wouldn't allow himself to be paid. It's ironic. He takes the situation of this pagan and transforms it and gives everything to Naaman. Blesses Naaman, satisfies and restores Naaman in every way. And Naaman was not only restored and satisfied in every way physically, but spiritually too. Spiritually. His heart was transformed, and Naaman proved this with a pledge. Your servant will never again make burnt offerings and sacrifices to any other god but the Lord. But the Lord. The Aramean pagan commander was done was done with the gods he used to serve and now sees where he wants and needs to be the Lord and he goes on he tells Elisha he asks Elisha he asks the Lord to forgive him to forgive him when he returns back to his master and because of his official duties under his master he would bow down in the temple of Rimon. He asked the Lord to forgive him for this one thing because he knows that this God Rimon was no longer his true satisfaction, no longer his true treasure, but the Lord was his true treasure. Elisha then told Naaman, go in peace, go in peace. Elisha assures him of God's forgiveness, wholeness, and peace inside his heart. But as Naaman goes off in the distance, Gehazi, Elisha's servant, burst onto the scene. My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. 
Gehazi from a distance despises Naaman, a Gentile who got off easy. Gehazi thought Naaman's, Naaman's conversion and newfound treasure, the Lord, should have been more of a, a process with a pretty nice payout. But it wasn't. In Gehazi's mind, Elisha just let him walk away with what we might call the lottery. So, in dissatisfaction, he swore by the Lord to justify his reason for getting something from Naaman. Instead of rejoicing over the Lord, freely and fully satisfying Naaman, Gehazi looked to his own heart. Dissatisfied with what the Lord had done and what he didn't have. Glistening silver caught his eye. Greed quickly blinded his heart twisted his heart, made his heart want. And Gehazi, out of self-satisfaction, saw an opportunity to exploit that. It's ironic. Gehazi already had everything Naaman had, the Lord. But his heart clung to the stuff his heart wanted. He's putting himself in danger of setting aside the Lord and his discontentment, not trusting, not trusting him. But his heart wanted more stuff right now. Greed turned, his, greed turned his already satisfied heart to a heart dissatisfied and wanting. Dissatisfied and wanting? Sound familiar? It should. How often do we, like a Hazai, become dissatisfied and wanting? What stuff do you want right now? Money? Success? Recognition? Entertainment? The latest and newest technology or fad? Security? The list goes on. Why do we cling to stuff so much and not the Lord? We put ourselves in danger, just like Ahazai. We put ourselves in danger of casting the Lord aside, not trusting he's enough. Our sinful hearts have this I'll do it myself mentality, driving us to satisfy its desires, solve our own problems, get what we want as we want them. How often do we, like Gehazi, look at others and think, oh, they got it easy, whether it be socially, spiritually, or financially? We're quickly dissatisfied with God quickly blinded by greed. But, but, look at Naaman again. Look at Naaman. A dissatisfied pagan who called himself commander became a man who called himself your servant. What caused such a change in heart? The Lord. The same Lord who changed your heart. The same Lord who truly and fully satisfies and restores your heart in every way. The Lord who freely forgives all of your sins. Sins where we become greedy. And forgetting that the things of this life can never be our heart's true treasure. And the Lord who freely has restored us to eternal life. Salvation. Rejoice in this. Treasure the Lord, your true treasure. 
the Lord satisfies our hearts and wants. However, the question arises, what now? How will Gehazi's and Naaman's hearts, our hearts, manifest themselves? Treasure the Lord, the true treasure. The Lord creates a generous heart. So after plotting and scheming, Gehazi quickly acted on his greed. He chased after Naaman. Now, I want you to imagine you're in Naaman's chariot, holding the reins. You look behind you, and you see a figure in the distance, kicking up dust, frantically running to you. Would you trouble yourself to turn the chariot about, get off, and see what's the urgency? Well, Naaman did this. As he got off to meet Gehazi, he asked him, Is everything all right? And already we see a fully transformed and satisfied heart show itself. Naaman essentially asked Gehazi, Do you have peace? Do you have peace? Naaman showed concern for Gehazi rather than worry about the inconvenience of halting his chariot, his attendants, and delaying his journey. But Gehazi responds, Everything's all right. I have peace. However, he had no peace, but restlessness. His greedy and restless heart drove him to dig a deeper hole of sin. He crafted a false story to cover up his true intentions. With deceit, he misrepresented Elisha, the man of God, his master, in order to justify his reason for selfish gain. Gehazi took advantage of Naaman's changed heart and generosity so that he could get something. And he did this by telling this false story of two young men from the company of the prophets. They're in need. Give to them. In today's way of putting it, Gehazi asked Naaman this. Uh, uh, my master sent me over here to tell you that there are some, some seminary students, uh, men of God, uh, they're in need. Um, graciously, graciously give them something from your heart. Well, even with this false story, Naaman goes above and beyond and gives more than what Gehazi asked for. He gave two sets of clothes for changing, a luxury during this time, and two talents of silver. 150 pounds of silver. $2.8 million worth of silver. Gehazi really cashed in, but he would be trading, he would be trading a treasure worth far more than $2.8 million. The Lord. Naaman understood where his treasure was by generously giving so much because the Lord had so graciously and generously given him so much. The Lord was his treasure. So with Naaman's gifts and his two servants accompanying him, Gehazi left. And when he came to the hill, he took the stuff, the gifts from the servants, put them in the house, and sent the servants away. But when he went back in, he stood before Elisha. Elisha, who asked him, Well, where have you been, Gehazi? But Elisha already knew the answer. Elisha saw 
everything. Elisha, with this question, was seeking a confession, just as God did with Adam and Eve at the Garden, a garden of Eden, asking, where were you? Where were you? But Gehazi responds, your servant didn't go anywhere. And with this lie, Elisha then rebukes and judges Gehazi. Was not my spirit with you? Did you not represent me even more, the Lord? Gehazi, through his greed, misrepresented the Lord and his free grace and peace. Unlike Naaman. Naaman, who, through his generosity, represented the Lord and his free grace and peace. Is this the time? Was this a time for sinful desires and pursuits, dishonest dealing and misrepresentation? Never. Gehazi, Gehazi failed to do what Naaman clearly demonstrated. It was a time to serve, represent, and treasure the Lord, your only true treasure. But, Elisha said, Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Making clear of what Gehazi failed to do and what Naaman so clearly demonstrated. So Gehazi left, leprous and white as snow. But, even with this bleak ending, he left in this way for the purpose of being driven back to the Lord in repentance and remembering where his heart's true treasure was, the Lord. What about us? What about us? Where's your heart at? We want to avoid imitating Gehazi's example and look to Naaman's example. Not because Naaman was the righteous man in this account, but because he was someone just like us, whose heart was freely satisfied, freely restored, freely transformed to generous and believing hearts, all by the gracious hand and loving hand of the Lord. Turn over your earthly treasures for your true treasure, the Lord. The Lord. Making the fleeting stuff of this world your treasure can lead you down a road that leads to separation from the Lord. Separation that leads to dissatisfaction and despair. Where you will trade in the wonderful lights of the Lord and the riches of heaven for the darkness of sin and hell's eternal emptiness. But don't despair. Don't despair when you fall into the same trap as Gehazi. The Lord is a loving and gracious God seeking to forgive you. The Lord gave everything up so you could have everything. All through Christ, who freely redeemed you by his perfect life, his sacrifice, and his resurrection. The Lord freely gave and continues to give you everything through Christ, your true treasure, forgiveness and peace, new life and salvation, everything. He's your true treasure and satisfaction at all times. Times of joy, times of mediocrity, and times of hardship. 
the Lord is your treasure. Treasure the Lord. And as the Lord has freely given to you, so we too will freely give because of his grace. And because of his grace and his love and his power, he enables us to give, and not for selfish reasons, but like Naaman. Naaman, who recognized who he served, recognized who he treasured. So also, we can also remember who we serve and who we treasure and asking, how can I give in service to my Lord and my neighbor? Might it be, might it be this way, giving, a, giving that last chicken nugget up or a piece of food to your significant other? That's pretty generous from what my girlfriend has told me. But, or might it be taking the time to talk to or help someone in need rather than walk by pretending, pretending they're not there? Or might it be looking for opportunities to serve in the church or help the pastor where you might have said, uh, I've got other things to do. As God's redeemed children, we'll want to serve in such a way that people are not hindered from glorifying God and they see our gracious master, our savior, Jesus Christ. Close your eyes. Think about everything you have, will have, and want. Then all of a sudden, judgment day comes. It all vanishes and is all vanquished. What do you have now? It's one of two things. Nothing or everything. Open your eyes. Where's your heart at? Don't let, the, don't let your heart be seduced by sinful desires and greed, driving you and compelling you to dig a hole of sin. The treasures of this world are just stuff. It's certainly a blessing, incredible blessing, but it's merely temporary. Treasure the Lord, your true treasure. The Lord has satisfied your heart in every way and restored it towards salvation. The Lord has created in you a generous heart reflecting his grace. The Lord has freely and overwhelmingly given you himself. And more, forgiveness, peace, faith, salvation, all of it through the Lord Jesus Christ, your true treasure. What do you have now? You have everything. The Lord has created in you a generous heart testifying to the generous and gracious Lord you have. Freely give as the Lord has freely given to you. You have the eternal riches and glories of heaven through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have eternal life and eternal peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. Treasure your Lord, your only true treasure. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.